Hey everybody, it's Brother Mike. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to the Sunday night replay. We hope that the message will be a blessing to you and that God will speak to your heart through His Word. And we've been looking at Sunday nights and our study over on this side. And we've been talking about basic building blocks for every believer. And tonight I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. You find your place there in the Word of God. I want you to stand up with me tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And I want to look at two verses, very familiar verses, but I hope that God will give us something fresh out of the familiar tonight. And notice what the Bible says here in verse number 12 and verse number 13. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth Take heed lest he what? Fall. And then look at verse number 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is as common to man. But I like this. But God is what? Faithful. If you underline your Bible, you ought to underline those three words. God is faithful. Who will not, look at this, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. With the help of the Lord tonight, I want to deal on this subject. How do I handle temptation? How do I handle temptation? temptation. Let's pray together. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us tonight. Lord, speak to our hearts through your word. Thank you, Lord, for the service so far. We need your help now. We'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. You may be seated tonight. How many of you know that temptation is all around us? We don't have to go looking for it. It finds us. We're not tempted because we are sinful. Jesus was tempted. We're tempted because we are human. Handle rightly, temptation can bring us closer to God or it'll be the sin that pushes us away from God. Here we see in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, we see how God can help us take our temptations and turn them into triumphs. There are three ways to handle temptation tonight. First way is we can give into it. How many of you know we know that's not what we're supposed to do? <laughs> we can give in to temptation. Number two, the second thing we can do is we can fight temptation. And then the third thing that we can do with our temptation is we can overcome it through Christ Jesus. I am thankful the Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So tonight I want us to look at some insights to temptation. First of all, let's look at the definition of temptation. What is the definition of temptation? The word temptation means to induce, to entice, or seduce. To induce, to entice, or seduce. And let me say this. We have a three-pronged adversary that we fight. We fight the devil, the flesh, and the world. The flesh is not my friend. The world is not my friend. And the devil certainly is not my friend. And we have the enemy that we fight on a day-by-day basis. The devil, the flesh, and the world. And you and I live in this world and we are tempted to sin. 
And let me say this, your adversary does not want you to live in victory. He wants you to live in defeat. So he sends things your way to try to tempt you, or here's the word, try to lure you to do something wrong. How many people do I have in the place that like to fish? Let me see your hands. Three of us, all right, praise the Lord. You know what sometimes we do? We'll go and we will buy a lure and put it on the end of that line to try to entice that fish to bite that hook because we have a frying pan with his name on it. Now, I don't know how you fish, but if they're not biting very long, I'm going to the house real quick. But there's something about that lure. And there was a man one time I was reading this article who was making his own lure, and they were asking him, why do you put so much detail? Why do you put so much effort into a lure to try to capture that fish's attention? This is what he said, and when he said it, he was talking about the fish, but man, I just felt something when he said this. He says this, we put so much detail into this lure because we want it, we want it to look better than the real thing. And let me say this, the adversary is good about putting the lures of temptation right before us Why? To make it look so appealing so that we will bite and we can ruin and wreck our life. What is it that he does and what are the temptations that he uses to try to lure us, entice us away from God, away from the things of God, away from holiness? He appeals to three things. The Bible tells us these in 1 John chapter number 2. They are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You will be tempted in one of those three areas. It will be the lust of the flesh, it'll be the lust of the eyes, or it'll be the pride of life. Jesus was tempted in all three categories, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now, let's think about this first. Let's take the lust of the flesh. This is a temptation against the body. The lust of the flesh usually will show up when I'm a younger person. It is temptation to appeal to our flesh. This is why young people get hooked on drugs. Uh, They have illicit relationships. All that are temptations of the flesh, sins against the body. And majority of those will take place in our earlier years. And then the second one has to do with the lust of the eyes. This is a sin, not against so much our body as it is in our emotions. Why? Because it's seeing things and wanting things. Because the lust of flesh is this, cast off restraint. Don't have rules, don't have boundaries, cast off restraint. If you want to do it, just do it. Whereas the lust of the eyes, this is what it casts off, contentment. I'm not happy with what God has blessed me with. I want something 
else. This usually will happen to a person, we'll say this, in the midlife crisis. Where they're not satisfied with what God has blessed them with, but they start looking elsewhere. I am amazed how people in their late 40s, my age now I have to say that, and in their 50s and even in their 60s, throwing away marriages 35, 40 years. Why? Because they think they can find something better out there. Some people ought to look in the mirror before they get that thought to cross through their mind. I mean, they got two chia heads coming out of their ears. Hey, Mr. Sparky, you ain't got it no more. What used to be a hunk, now they are a chunk, my friend. And it is the sins against the, the part of contentment. I'm not content. I'm casting off contentment because I want this or I want that. Where this is a sin of the body, this is a sin in the soul. A sin of the soul. Not satisfied with the blessings of God. You realize that tonight that you and I live in the most blessed time on the planet. God has been good to you and I. The fact that I got health to get up out of bed, God has been good to me. The fact that I got a roof over my head, God has been good to me. The fact I got food on the table, God has been good to me. Anybody thankful on a Sunday night that God has been better to me than I deserve? And I look around and I see the goodness of God. I see the greatness of God. God has been good to me. But then you get older in your years, and here's where the pride of life comes in. The pride of life is a sin in the spirit. The pride of life has to do things with fear and doubt. Can I trust God with my finances as I get older? Will I have enough? And so we hoard and we stock. Listen, I'm not against saving. But when it has to do with, I don't know if I will have enough, when the Bible has already told me, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. You know what that tells me? I'm not looking for the government to pay my bills. I'm not looking for the government to see me through, but I do know the one who's going to carry me through. Listen, he started a long time ago, and he's not about to stop now. And although I may be 65, although you may be 70, although you may be 75, my father still owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He knows my name. He knows my name. Nothing is caught God off by surprise. And I've come to let you know that if he can take care of Elijah by the brook and feed him with the ravens, then my God can take care of you and your need. My God can supply from heaven. I sure am thankful that he's still taking care of his kids. He's still meeting their needs every step of the way. My job is to trust him with it. Now that's easy preaching on Sunday. But that's hard living when the bill comes in on Monday. And then here comes that lure. Here comes that lure. Can I trust God with this? Can I trust God 
with that. And isn't it amazing? It will appeal to the lust of the flesh. What is that? Getting me, tempting me in my body. The lust of the eyes, tempting me in my soul. Or the pride of life, tempting me in my spirit. Isn't it amazing how that enemy is just so precise? And one of the things that we learn is there is a difference between a trial and a temptation. There is a difference between a trial and a temptation. Let me, let me give you these differences. These are interesting. What is the difference between a trial and a temptation? Well, a temptation starts on the outside and moves or a temptation starts on the inside and moves to the outside. A trial starts on the outside and moves to the inside. Temptations are something that you, that you come upon. Trials are something that comes upon you. Temptations, we learn about ourselves. In trials, we learn about the Lord. Temptations never come from God. A trial may or may not come from God. And there's interesting note because these are things that we need to know. Is this a temptation in my life or is this a trial in my life? Let me put it like this. Is it something in my life that's trying to lure me to evil? Temptation. Is it something that's trying to pull me away from God? Temptation. Is it something that's causing me to do evil? Temptation. Now, each of us are going to encounter it. It does not say if. It says when you are tempted. I wish it would say if. But it is a when that we are going to encounter temptation. So how do I handle temptations. Let me give you three things real quickly. Write these down. Number one, here's the first thing I want you to write down tonight. Number one, expect it. Don't be alarmed. I'm going to back up and say that again. Expect it. Don't be alarmed. Guess what? It happens to everybody. It is not a sin to be tempted. It is a sin when I yield to temptation. So I've got to be aware that in this world that you and I live in, I'm going to face temptation. I'm going to encounter that lure that's going to entice my flesh, that may entice my eyes, that may entice me with pride to pull me away from the things of God. Guess what? I want to make sure that I am expecting it. I'm not alarmed by it, but I'm ready for it. Why? Because I've already spent time with God. I've already spent time in his word I've already spent time in prayer and I'm ready for it guess what you can go through anything if you're prepared for it you ever seen those people and they put on uh, all that stuff to handle deadly viruses and they put that stuff on and I mean they look like an astronaut they got that stuff on from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet they got the breathing tanks and all that and because they are prepared they can handle the deadly viruses. If they were not prepared, those viruses would kill them. 
Let me say how this works in our spiritual life. When I go into my day prepared, I can handle things. Because I've already met with the Lord. I have already clothed myself with, with what? With, the, with my loins girt about with truth, with the breastplate of righteousness, with my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, with the helmet of salvation, with the shield of faith, with the sword of the Spirit and prayer. I'm ready to face my day. Let me ask you a question. How many times have we got up and we weren't ready? And it seemed like those lures were a lot more around where I lived that day when I wasn't prepared versus when I was prepared. Don't be alarmed by that. Expect it in your life. And I promise you, by the time you go to bed tonight and get up in the morning and go to work, 10 o'clock, something will cross your path. Sometimes you mind your own business, and all of a sudden, here comes some ad popping up. Tempting. Isn't it amazing how the, how the adversary knows your weak area? You know, it, it, Chris does not like chocolate. Now, how in the world you don't like chocolate, I don't know. I don't know if the man's going to be able to go to heaven or not. You put him in a room full of chocolate, and he's just like, yeah. You put me in a room full of chocolate, I'm going to eat my way out, my friend. I love chocolate. It's going to be at the marriage supper of the lamb, my friend. And let me say this, chocolate don't bother him. But chocolate, I love it. It bothers me. And let me say this, there are things that he likes that I don't like. And how many of you know the adversary knows what you like and knows how to take that lure? Float it down where you are living. Put it right in front of you and say, what do you think about this shiny little thing? What about this little temptation? What about that little ad? What about that little website? What about that thought? What about that word? What about that comment? Don't be alarmed, expect it. Notice number two. Number two, uh, expect, don't be alarmed. Number two, detect it, don't be blind. Detect it, don't be blind. Now, sometimes I like to watch football videos of people getting creamed. <laughs> Anybody else just like sadistic like that and you like to watch football videos? My favorite is when the player is not seeing the block or the person coming. Those to me are the kind I like to rewind and watch again. I've had my girls come by and they say, Daddy, what are you watching? I'll show them. They said, you're a sadistic man, Daddy. You're a sadistic man. I said, look, this is funny. See this guy? He's getting hit. He's getting creamed. He's I mean, he's flying through the air. Why? Because he did not detect that this guy was coming right for his noggin. And I mean, it hit him right off the ground. And let me say this. Sometimes in our life, that temptation, we were blindsided by it. I mean, when David was up there on the roof... Shouldn't have been up there. Everybody knows all that stuff. But he was blindsided. 
He was blindsided. Let me say this. There's going to be times in your life, listen, if I'm not careful, I can get blindsided by this. The adversary knows when I am weak. He knows where I am weak. And he knows how to blindside me with the weakness. See, I've learned, I've learned, I've learned to pray for my weakness. Say, preacher, why do you pray for your weaknesses? Because if I don't ask the Lord to help me with my weakness, they become my wickedness. If I don't ask the Lord to help me in the areas where I am weak, they will become the areas where I am wicked. And so, Lord, I don't want to be blindsided by this. Help me along the way. I took the girls fishing. And, hey, listen, my girls are coming along the way here in the fishing category, and I'm proud of them. Hey, Sarah knows how to bait her own hook. That's a win for a daddy right there. And you're not going to believe this. Miss Amy took off a fish all by herself last time that we went. That, my friend, was huge. That is Red Sea miracle stuff happening right out there at the old fishing hole. And I'd taken the girls fishing with us years ago. And uh, Anna, you know how every kid, they're not patient enough to let it just sit out there and watch the bobber. What does every kid want to do? Reel it in and cast it back out there. Reel it in and cast it back out there. Well, in her process of reeling it in and casting it back out there, she's reeling it in at 5,255 miles per hour. I mean, that's got to be some fish. And as she's reeling this thing in, I notice that little cork on top goes under. And I'm thinking, how in the world? There is no way. There, there is no way. And she starts reeling this thing in, and she says, Daddy, I got a fish. I'd never seen this before in all my years of fishing. She had a fish right smack through the eye. Not in the mouth. I don't know what took place under that water, but I guess as that hook was going so fast, it blindsided that fish, <laughs> hooked it in the eye, and she's reeling it in. And I'm trying to stand between her and the fish because I see where it is hooked. I did not want to traumatize my girl at that age. And I just looked and said, you got one. I can definitely say that thing was blindsided. You know what I've seen? I've seen some Christians sometimes in life have gotten so busy and that temptation has blindsided them. Caught them off guard, took their sight, took their vision. God, help me not to be blindsided. Lord, help me to expect it, not be alarmed, detect it. And don't be blind. And then number three, and I'm done. Lord, help me to reject it. Don't be tolerant. Look at, look at verse number 13 again. I love this. I love this. He said this, but there is no temptation taking you, but such is as common to man. What does that tell me? You're not the only one that's ever facing temptation. One of the biggest lies the devil tell you, you're the only one that's ever encountered this. There is no temptation taking you, but such is as common to man. 
But here is, I love this. But God is faithful. Even when I'm going through seasons of temptation in my life, God is faithful. I love the fact, where is he faithful? That God will not give me a temptation greater than my ability to handle it. That's what that verse says. This verse is not that God will not put on you more than you can carry. That's not what that verse says. The, the verse says that he will not allow you to be tempted more than your ability. He knows the ability that you can have in the temptation. And he's not going to let the temptation exceed your ability. We ought to clear us out of spot and say, thank you, Jesus, that you know how weak I am. You know what I can handle. And you're not going to put more on me in the area of temptation than I can handle. But notice this. But will with it also make a way... To what? Escape. A way to escape that we may be able to bear it. Every single temptation, there is a door of escape. What does that tell me? I can reject them. I don't have to tolerate it. There is a way out. The problem is a lot of times we're not looking for the door. We're not looking for the exit sign. But God has given us that exit sign, that way of escape. Every year they'll come by and they'll do the uh, fire alarms and check all the lights and everything and make sure everything's up to code. Why? Because if there was ever power out, they want to know that everything is marked where people can exit the building. Isn't it good to know that in times of temptation, God has given us exit signs along the way. I don't have to fall prey to it. I can ask the Lord to strengthen me, and then I'm going to ask the Lord, show me that exit sign. Show me that way to escape it. What do I do when I battle the temptations of the flesh, the lust of the flesh? The Bible says, flee from it. Flee from it. Here, run. Don't stick around and dialogue and let's talk about it. He said, flee also youthful what? Lust. Run from it. CT mentioned this on Wednesday night. Joseph lost his coat, but he kept his character. Why? Because he ran from that temptation. And when it comes to things like that, my job is supposed to flee from it. But what overcomes that temptation of the devil, what am I supposed to do? Fight, resist the devil. Fight, resist the devil. And what about that temptation of the world? It's faith that overcomes the world. God help me to overcome temptations in my life because the longer I let them hang around, the more dangerous they become. The longer I let them hang around, the more dangerous they become. Years ago, I read a story about a man, and uh, he was getting married, and they were telling his story. And now listen, this guy was from Florida, but he was a crazy man. He had a python in his house. (laughs) Crazy man. (laughs) 
And yeah, I mean, good snake. There ain't no such thing as a good snake. Don't, it don't matter. A dead snake. I don't want to see a snake. And uh, this man was getting married, and they were sharing his story. And he and his wife got married, and they had this pet snake. And then the wife became expectant with a baby. They were going to have a baby. And so she began to get worried, and she said, I would really like it if you got rid of that snake. Listen, that would have been one of the things before we ever got hitched. <laughs> you see that snake, either that thing goes or I'm going. And uh, so she began to plead with him, listen, get rid of it. He said, listen, we don't have any problems with that snake. It'll be all right. They had a beautiful baby boy. And they said within six months, that snake had started eyeing that baby boy. And it wasn't long in those six months that it was that python that went and choked and killed that baby took the life of that baby and I thought you know what there was somebody that saw the danger there was somebody that was warned of the danger and now they're paying the consequences from that danger and I thought isn't that just like temptation we see it oh I got it we, 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 we let it fester. We let it hang around. I got it. And the longer it stays, the more dangerous it becomes. Lord, help me to reject it, not to tolerate it. God, help me not to be blindsided by it. Lord, help me to be expecting it, not to be alarmed, and prepare myself daily to live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed tonight. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed tonight. Thank you for listening so well. And maybe tonight we close out this service. We just pile in this altar and say, God help me this week in the air of temptation. Lord, you know where I am weak. Maybe some of us tonight, God, you know in these areas that I've been tempted this week. Lord, I want to confess my wickedness to you or my weakness to you because, God, I don't want it to become a wickedness. And maybe tonight, before we walk out these doors, we ask the Lord to help us in the matter of temptation. It's not about an if, it's a when. And maybe tonight we ask the Lord to help us along the way. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. And Lord, I want to thank you for the truth of your word. God, I'm thankful that you are greater than the temptations we face. And I pray that you would help us, Lord. God, help us to prepare daily. Not to be blindsided. God, detect it. God, help us not to play around with temptations. Because, Lord, the longer they stick around, Lord, the more dangerous they become. And I pray that, God, you would help us to overcome. And we'll thank you for it. Help us in this invitation tonight in Jesus' name.